I was sexually abused. I was raped. I started using drugs at the age of 15. I was molested as a child. I was an alcoholic. I tried meth for the first time at 12. I was a compulsive alcoholic. Um, I lost my kidney smoking crack. Thank you all for joining me on Her Addiction. This is Pastor Rachel Young. I am the director of Marisol Women's Restoration Center through Victory Church. Um, almost, almost 10 years ago, a little more than nine and a half years ago, I came through that very program after a 25-year battle with addiction and mental illness. I've spent almost 10 years, like I said, um, since I met the Lord and since I used. I've been clean almost 10 years. Um, I just wanted to share with you some things today. My pastor wrote an awesome blog the other day. I'd like to start off with that. It's called Coram Dio, which means before the face of God. And it's 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Coram Dio is to live one's life, one's entire life in the presence of God, under the authority of God, to the glory of God. To live in the presence of God is to understand that whatever we are doing and wherever we are doing it, we are acting under the gaze of God. God is omnipresent. There is no place so remote that we can escape his penetrating gaze. To be aware of the presence of God is also to be acutely aware of his sovereignty. That's a quote from R.C. Sprawl. Like Saul on the Damascus Road, when we are captivated by him, we don't turn to Christ out of fear of punishment or reluctant obedience. We come in awe of his presence with gratitude. While we live for the glory of God, he in turn begins to untwist the tattered, mangled, broken pieces of our lives. He loves to make things beautiful. The problem with Christians, or should I say just me, is that we tend to compartmentalize our lives. At work, we put on our work attire and have the attitude of getting it done. After work, we get preoccupied in whatever our free time is. If we attend church, we put on our spiritual component. The three never really connect, nor is there any God direction in most of what we do. When living Coram Dio, our lives take on this fluid, harmonious song flowing from Christ himself. Living in his face means we remain open before God. We should live for the audience of one. Again, Saul was so impacted that the whole world around him changed. His path changed, his talk changed, his behavior changed. Why do we do the things that we do? Hopefully to live out his glory to others. The children we raise, the relationships we have, the way we serve, the way we act. When we live before his face, his love spills out to others through us. Anger, lust, offenses, rejection, jealousy, backbiting are all works of the flesh. All of this comes out of being a part of the dance of the world. John Calvin had another interesting way to say it. If we then are not our own, but the Lord's, it is clear what error we must flee and where we must direct all the acts of our life. Calvin understood that man's nature is a perpetual factory of idols, that the mind begets an idol and the hands give it birth, and that man's heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. He could do nothing but present his heart to God with outstretched hands, offering himself wholly to him. 
Our whole being belongs to him, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, you know, before I uh, came to Mary's song, I um, had a total psychotic break. I ended up shooting myself in the chest with a 9mm. Obviously, I got um, put in the psychiatric ward, and I got diagnosed with a gazillion disorders that were legitimate. I got um, put on psych meds, and I began began my, open quote, rec- recovery, close quote. <laughs> um, basically, I was put in a position that I needed to get better. Obviously, I knew I was messed up, got a lot of counseling, and um, tried to work the programs and AA and, go to, and do all that stuff, but I ended up failing miserably because... I was trying to do it in my own strength. And granted, I didn't know Jesus. I wasn't born again. I didn't have a born again experience until many years later. Um, I worked the programs for about 10 months and 26 days. And then I just was super burnt out and frustrated because I still wanted to get high, but I couldn't. And I had to deal with all the junk in my brain. And um, at least when I was high, I had some like relief because I was numb. You know, granted, I had to wake up, and every time I woke up, I was still depressed. However, when I was in that drug slumber, I was just unaware of the condition of my life, and the voices were, you know, muted and all that stuff. So I lived like that for a long time until I got arrested and um, got told about Mary's song. And thankfully, by the grace of God, realized that I needed more than just to be clean. Like, I needed... I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize it was God. I didn't have an understanding of what God was going to do. However, for the first time, um, the idea of jail was being held over my head, and I really didn't like it in jail, and I was like, I have to do something. Some ladies that had come through prison ministry um, told me about Mary's song, and I agreed to come. And when I did, I was surrendering. You know, I was surrendering my life. I finally after 38 years gotten to the end of myself and realized that there was literally nothing more that I could do for myself and this was the only option um and Jesus really stepped in you know I came to church I walked up front I gave my life to the Lord I had done that before as a kid I grew up in a home by a father who was claimed to be a Christian unfortunately he had major mental illness and drug addiction so it was really twisted and we went to church and I walked up to the altar many times I think out of guilt and fear and just trying to get better or whatever but I never really got converted it never was didn't have an effect on me to the point where I just um it wasn't a supernatural experience however I had that at um church when I um like I said I was at the end There was no other option, and when I yielded to God, I really, truly yielded, and then he opened my eyes, and I realized, wow, God's real, and this is a whole, like, this is a whole other story happening here. Like, this, it opened up a whole new world to me, Um, and I began to learn to live my life in the presence of God because I was in a Christian program for, uh, it was a 10-month program back then. I was living in his presence. I was, you know, um, reading my Bible every day because I was actually made to do that. 
<laughs> which helped. Um, it was a discipline in the beginning, but it began to become a delight. And God really began to come in and just eradicate all that um, dysfunctional thinking. And I just began to, my life just began to literally just be consumed by him. Because that's the awesome thing about Mary's song in particular. It's basically holy ground. It's an environment um, saturated in the presence of God, reading our Bibles, worshiping, you know, counseling, praying, and all that. So I was taking taken out of one war- kingdom, the world, and put into another kingdom. And by the time I graduated, it was so I was so saturated in that light in that kingdom lifestyle that I didn't have any desire to go back. Um, to my prior life and the behaviors and the people and, and all that stuff. Nothing against the people, but meaning I was doing life with other people that had the same um, desires as me. And because I was working in ministry, I was I was blessed to be able to, um, you know, have my actual job be saturated in ministry. Now, however, you can be working in ministry and you can still just be busy all day and, um, you know, in work mode. And this this blog, I love it because it speaks to what God, what we lost in the garden. It speaks to why Christ came. It's redemption. It is it's no longer a life of church or just doing your own thing and then just, you know, um, either not not even entertaining the idea of God or just compartmentalizing and having him here and there but it's literally a restoration of relationship with God that we were created to walk with him um, all the days of our life and in doing that you're subjected to a power outside of yourself that enables you to overcome and to be conformed into a new person and um, see things differently begin to see God um begin to see him in everything, be, begin to have the opportunity to, to yield to that. And that's really why Jesus came, to to restore us into, to back to him, to redeem our lives from the pit, from the devil, from the curse, from sin, and, and open us up to a whole new world and a life living in his presence and um, the manifestations uh, that come from that. You know, our our desires begin to change. Our heart begins to be softened. We begin to see outside of ourselves. We begin to um, want something different than we've always wanted to begin to. I remember actually realizing, like, when I realized that there was, that God was available to me, like, he was willing to walk life out with me and help me overcome. That was, like, a game changer for me because I tried really hard to convince myself of all kind of things in therapy. And it just at the end of the day, I didn't believe any of it. You know, I still hated myself. I still had a desire to get high. Um, and it was terrible. It's like trying to be somebody you're not. You know what I mean? And then Christianity was just like a whole other thing. Like, why would I even want to do that if I can't just be a regular upstanding member of society and I have no desire to live. Why am I going to become part of a organization that just gives you more rules so I can just be more of a reject, you know, and a failure. So that wasn't even on my agenda. However, when I had a born again experience and I realized that the, that the Lord loved me and he made me and he had a plan for my life and 
He lived inside of me when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. It began to manifest practically in my life where I really was able to do all things in him. Things that I could never have done in the past or never would have even wanted to do became real in my life. And so the idea of Coram Dio or, or living in the presence of God is such a comfort when you realize that he already knows everything that you've done and he loves you and he accepts you and he just wants to cleanse you and forgive you. And you fall in love with him because he's so awesome. Like, why would he even bother with me? Why would he even, you know, choose to choose me like that? Because I surely didn't do anything to earn his love or earn his favor or deserve to be forgiven because I was so messed up. So I just wanted to share a few Bible verses on redemption. So redemption is awesome. It's it's who Jesus is and it's who we become because it says we are conformed into his image from glory to glory. You know, when you when you live in his presence, you begin to take on his characteristics. Um and and then all of your desires come in line so you don't have you don't struggle with wanting to do things that you're that that offend his heart because you're spending time with him in the word and and um and just daily communion with him in worship in prayer there's just really nothing like having him as a counselor and a comforter and a mother and a father my, both my parents are deceased and so I was just broken and empty in those areas and and you know, once someone's gone, they can't come back, you know, and so just having all these empty spaces and to have a relationship with my father in heaven that re really actively comes and like snuggles me and corrects me and comforts me and strengthens me and cheers me on, you know, and the Holy Ghost giving me strength. It's like the father and the mother that I didn't have and... um redemption in that place and then just relationship it's super cool it's like the best life ever it's the answer to every problem um so anyways i'm gonna share a few scriptures on redemption ephesians 1 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace so when we receive him as our savior his blood um pays that price we were able to enter into the holy of holies by the blood of jesus um, we're no longer barred from God. We're no longer separated. We've been brought in. He brings us out of the world and he brings us in to fellowship and communion with him. We're accepted in the beloved. We, um, we have access into the presence of God and we can live our lives in that place. And that's what, that's why we're, what we're supposed to be doing as Christians we're supposed to be living in that position. Now, obviously, we wander off. You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to wander off to the degree where you're constantly doing crazy stuff like getting high or, you know, just having random sex with people you're not married to. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that extreme wandering. You can live in his presence and you, you realize that you, you just you don't want to do those things anymore. That was the, the coolest thing for me. I didn't have to fight against wanting to do something. He actually changed me. Galatians 2.20, I, Rachel, have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The idea and the reality and the truth that I am crucified with Christ is 
the best thing ever because I'm my own worst enemy. And left up to myself, I will absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, destroy, like condemn myself and just just tear myself to smithereens. <laughs> That's a funny word, smithereens. Anyways, <laughs> um, but in Christ, he takes dominion over that, that flesh man. I can nail her to the cross. She can be taken out and then I can be a vessel of God and it's so awesome because nobody can hurt me nearly as much as I can hurt myself like nobody has a shot I wouldn't let anybody that close I on the other hand was a weapon of mass destruction towards myself the love of Jesus redeemed me and set me free caused me to believe that I was loved and know that I am loved and um be able to forgive myself and from that position forgive others and just continue to be healed. Um, Titus 2.14, who gave himself, up, gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love that he who laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. 1 Corinthians 1.30, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption 1 Corinthians 6:20 for you were bought with a price so glorify God in your body 1 Peter 1:19 but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot we were purchased with that by the blood of Jesus you know you really have newness of life in Christ and you really can live your life in the presence of God and that the thought of that doesn't need to make you afraid it says that perfect love casts out fear you know God's a just God but he's also a merciful God and he has mercy on us and when we repent of our sins um, he forgives us and um, we can walk in access of his presence Just like David when he did all his horrible things he was king he took Bathsheba he murdered her husband you know what I mean? Um, he ended up, you know, he obviously consequences. He lost the baby that um, was born from that situation. And then he had struggle in his family for the rest of his life. However, he was called a man after God's own heart because after that, he, he repented. And he's like, God, just do whatever you got to do. Just whatever you don't take your presence. And the Lord came and um, delivered him and healed him. And he had an, an, a new life and he was able to move past that, you know, and, and that's what God does for us. He redeems us and he gives us a new life and we don't have to be afraid of him. Like we can, we can come and, and receive healing and forgiveness. So I just want to encourage you that literally the Bible's full of people who made huge mistakes and who were redeemed. And that's who God is. There's no place too far away. Um, there's no sin that's too big for God. And the reality is when you truly come into his in relationship with him, you won't continue to do all that stuff where you have to feel guilty and shameful all the time. Granted, you'll have you'll need him for the rest of your life. It's not just one and done like you just get, oh, I said the prayer now I'm good and I'm never going to sin again. It ain't like that. You you you're familiarized with that. He's a, a loving and compassionate God and you can enter in and and really um continue to be forgiven and just restored and healed and made whole and become an overcomer so I just want to encourage you that if you're in that place of it's too far it's too gone I'm too far gone it's not don't exalt your problems above God God is fully capable of, of healing and restoring you and forgiving you if you would just open your heart 
and allow them to do so. It's an easy thing to do. Um, and um, I'm going to pray with you right now. And I just want to encourage you that if you've never asked the Lord in your heart or if you have and you've wandered off, that you can do it today and mean it. And he'll come and um, make you new. And I just want to also encourage you that when you do that, step out of wherever you are and make an effort to join a church and connect yourselves with other people who are living the life that you want. Come underneath someone that you admire that's walking out. Now, granted, people are going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. If you're a man, find a man. If you're a woman, find a woman that is living the life that you want to live under, you know, with the Lord and get underneath them and allow them to disciple you and get connected to the, a body of believers. We need each other. That's the way God ordained it. There's power in numbers. We become strong. We learn how to love the unlovable. You know, we learn how to have healthy relationships and we just bring glory to God. So you can just uh, pray after me. Jesus, I need you. I am broken and lost without you. I am a slave to my addictions, to my fears. And I just, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that you came to save me. So I just ask you right now, Jesus, save me. Come into my life and my heart and make me new. I receive your forgiveness. I believe that you are the son of God and that nothing is impossible for you. Lord, lead me into all truth. Fill me with your spirit and help me to connect myself with other people that love you and are walking with you. I thank you, Jesus, that you will never leave me or forsake me. My old life is over and today I have new life in you, in Jesus' name. If you've done that, get connected. If you need help, if you're suffering with addiction, you can call Mary Song at 504-822-1341. I'd love to talk to you. Or you could go on our website, marysong.net, and fill out an application. Or if you know someone who's struggling with addiction, Mary Song is an awesome program, and uh, we'd love to help you if we are able. So, everyone, have an awesome day, and God bless you. I am redeemed. I've been set free, and he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Now I have hope in the future. I'm a child of God. I'm loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more than a conqueror by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. 